just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back with the Rational Boomer Podcast. Oh, man, it's been a crazy week, so we're doing a uh, Saturday edition of the Rational Boomer Podcast. A lot of things happened this past week, and some ridiculous and crazy things are going on. Everything from the big lie to COVID and uh, the COVID surge, Mike Lindell, all this stuff. There's always so much to talk about it, and so much of it is just absolutely ridiculous. And speaking of ridiculous, I wanted to start the conversation off today with uh, talking about Mike Lindell. Mike Lindell's still talking and still talking some crazy shit. And I'm going to get to that in a moment. But I wanted to tell you my two favorite craziest stories that Mike Lindell or Lindell told earlier in the year. And somehow this guy still has credibility with the Trumplicants. That shows how absolutely ignorant and gullible these people are. But Mike Lindell tried to pass off a couple of stories that were just absolutely outrageous. Nobody with half a brain would believe them. But surprisingly, plenty of people did. Now, after the election happened and Joe Biden was um, brought into the presidential office, Mike Lindell was apoplectic. This couldn't be possible. Joe Biden stole the election. (laughs) And he was so desperate about trying not to admit that Joe Biden was now the president of the United States. He was passing off a story. A number of people were trying to pass this story off, but I heard Mike Lindell say this. And the story goes like this. Yes, Joe Biden's in office, but you have to understand what happened. There's a new surgical technology out there that they're only using on President Biden and Donald Trump. He was suggesting somehow they took the face off of Joe Biden and took the face off of Donald Trump and switched him. So the man in the presidential office, in the Oval Office, was in fact Donald Trump with Joe Biden's face. And then he said something interesting. And then Joe Biden with Donald Trump's face, he's going to end up in jail. Which I thought was funny because now he's suggesting and admitting that somehow Donald Trump will go to jail. (laughs) I didn't think he thought he was guilty of anything. But to be perfectly honest with you, people believe this. Now, nobody with half a brain believed it, but a lot of Trumplicans believed it. And I don't know if Lindell actually believed it or not, but that's the kind of stuff he's spewing. So now as we get later down the line, he is talking about the insurrection. And he's adamant that the people that charged the U.S. Capitol, broke into the Capitol, made all these threats, were Antifa which never really made a lot of sense. And he's also big on Nancy Pelosi being involved. And it never made a lot of sense because here's Nancy Pelosi with the Democratic Party. Their president won. They were in the process of certifying that election for Joe Biden to be in office, in the presidential office. But somehow they thought Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats were behind trying to disrupt that. Why would that possibly be? How could that possibly be? It makes no sense. But that's 
the silliness we're seeing from Mike Lindell, people that were part of the administration with Donald Trump, Trump himself, and these freaking idiot Trumplicans. But he took that story a little farther. And I'm being serious about this. He actually, um, he actually said this. He said, no, no. These people that were breaking into the U.S. Capitol were, in fact, Antifa. And if you look, look at some of the people who were, in fact, Donald Trump supporters, you could see that they were drugged. <laughs> so they were Antifa, but no, there was Donald Trump fans there, but they looked drugged. You could see the craziness in their eyes. <sighs> but this is how he explained they were administered these drugs. <laughs> this is honest to God what he said. He said, you see, there were Antifa temptresses, women temptresses, tempting these poor Trumplicans, and they somehow put psychotropic drugs in their vagina. <laughs> and after tempting these poor men and having sex with them, they were drugged, and that's why they were charging the U.S. Capitol. Oh, man. And, and, and these people are thinking that they're, we're going to believe this. This is absolutely ridiculous. And you would think at that point, Mike Lindell would have shot his shot and people would say, okay, this guy's fucking crazy. We're not going to listen to him. But no, he keeps going. In fact, Trumplicans to this day say, we support Mike Lindell. He's solid. The guy sells fucking pillows. He's a former crackhead and he's your hero. Why? Well, because he's saying the things you want to hear. Unfortunately, he's risking his entire business, all his money, and uh, the way it's gone right now, when this is all said and done, he'll be broken back on crack, no question about it, because he has no hope. Nobody wants to buy his shit anymore. Nobody uh, wants to even stand near him because he's so crazy. But he's been talking about this cyber symposium. Now, it's funny with Mike Lindell because he will call it a cyber symposium. Apparently, he has some inability to say the word symposium. So he's having a symposium. He can't pronounce it. And he just rattles on about all the things it's going to show and how it's going to show the proof. Finally, the evidence is going to be shown how the election was stolen from Donald Trump by Joe Biden and the Democrats. Now, in all this time, no court, not even the Supreme Court, has seen any evidence. And because there's been no evidence, there has been no trials. They don't even accept it because there's no legitimate complaint. But Mike Lindell keeps insisting, insisting, he's got all the evidence. 100% I got the evidence. Just wait till you see it. Well, Donald Trump's been out of office for eight months. What are we waiting for? What's taken so long to get this evidence? Now, it's interesting. He's teasing some of this evidence. And uh, he sent it out to some of the uh, news organizations. And I was watching an interview that Lundell had with a uh, reporter from CNN. And this reporter was pretty much ripping him up. But it wouldn't have been hard to do because everything Mike Lindell does is absolutely ridiculous. But 
The reporter said to him, look, I've got this screenshot you have showing data going back and forth. And you say this is the absolute proof and evidence that the Chinese hacked this election and gave it to Joe Biden. He said 100%. He said, well, you clearly don't know what you're talking about because we gave this to our cyber expert. And when they looked at it, they said, you know, this is just very basic metadata. Doesn't really tell anything, doesn't expose anything. It's not evidence of anything. Well, then Mike Lindell says, well, you did, your, your cyber guy obviously doesn't know what he's talking about because that's absolute proof. And the guy said, well, look, uh, yeah, we thought that might be a possibility. So we gave it to eight other cyber experts. And you know what? They all said the same thing. Now, Mike Lindell got all flustered. And he says, well, why don't you come out and claim the $5 million I'm going to give to somebody who disproves what I'm saying? Mike's going to have to give out a lot of $5 million bills because anybody can prove that this is phony. I, I don't know who he has working for him trying to tell him that this is absolute evidence, but there is no evidence because it didn't happen. And I got thinking about this situation where he's suggesting that uh, the Chinese hacked the voting machines. Now, I don't know how every voting machine works, but I know how every voting machine I voted on works. And the whole idea of the Chinese hacking it made no sense. And in this report with CNN, it kind of exposed what I was thinking and kind of solidified in my mind that I was right. See, the thing is, in most situations, if not all situations, Voting machines aren't connected to the Internet. They have no connection online. There would be no need for that. And if they're not connected online, how do the Chinese get in and hack it? There's no way possible. As I understand it, the way voting machines work are very simple. You have this freestanding box. It plugs into the wall for electricity. People vote on paper, paper ballots, They come up and they slide the paper ballots into the box. The ballots are read. They are recorded and put on a uh, SD card or a chip or some sort on the machine. And that's all that happens. There is no connection to the Internet, so there's no way for anybody to come in and hack this situation. So then what happens is they take the card out. It tells you who won, who lost, what all uh, all the votes were. And then when they want to double check it, what they do is they pull out the paper ballots and they match out the count to the disk. And if they match perfectly, then you know there's no problem. It's as simple as that. There's really no way, no situation where a Chinese hacker can get into this thing. Yet that's one of his biggest and strongest arguments. Chinese hack this. And now he's even saying maybe the people in the voting with the voting uh, Boxes didn't even know what was happening. Well, of course they didn't know what was happening because it didn't happen because it can't happen. you got to have some connection in for these people to change these boxes. So to suggest that happened is absolute fallacy. It's absolute ignorance. And 
This is why he can't prove any evidence. The stuff he's shown to date is ridiculous. His concept of hacking the voting machines is impossible. And now he's going to have this symposium from August 10th to the 12th. It's going to be a big deal. It's going to be a huge deal. Millions of people will be watching. Well, we heard that before when he had his alleged platform, which was, in fact, just a website with some video with him on it, ranting and acting like a fool. So I'm sure the symposium isn't going to be much better. I don't know who's going to show up, but certainly nobody of any quality or credibility, because nobody with any credibility would stand next to Mike Lindell. I mean, the guy is a buffoon. I watch him talk and see how confused he gets. Part of me feels sorry for this guy. Because I think he's mentally incapacitated. There's something wrong. There's something misfiring. Now, I don't know if that means he's doing drugs again or he's having some kind of mental breakdown. But the thing about it is he's gotten so deep, he's pretty much ruined his business. No retail outlet is willing to sell his stuff and no retail outlet is willing to sell it. You're kind of out of business. Now, what I thought really funny was he's going to have this big cyber symposium. He's going to release all the evidence of how the election was stolen. (laughs) But then he adds, and he adds, yeah, we're going to have special deals on my pillows. (laughs) You're going to have this big, serious symposium, and you're going to turn it into... uh, (laughs) television shopping and trying to sell your pillows at the same time. I mean, what the hell else is he going to do? He can't send them to Kohl's or Target or any of the other places that were selling them because they told him to take a hike. I suppose he can sell some in line, but that's not online, but that's not going to work too well. And frankly, there's at least 80 million people in this country that won't buy his shit because they think he's crazy and they think he's siding with somebody who wants to be a dictator. He's done everything he could possibly do to destroy his business. And to be perfectly honest with you, his business is here in Minnesota, not too far away from where I live. And he's been doing pretty well with it. You know, he's been making a lot of money with it. He hit on something, which I thought strange because he's done a lot of things that have failed. The fact he happened on some pillows and it actually worked. Boy, he uh, he had a horseshoe in his ass, didn't he? What are the odds of that happening for a guy like this? Clearly, this guy has some intellectual problems, some emotional problems, and possibly some drug problems. But now he's doubled down on everything with Donald Trump, thinking Donald Trump will be his golden ticket to fame and fortune. And he just doesn't see it. He doesn't see that uh, that's not going to work. It's just not going to happen. He's kind of a pitiful guy. Now, this symposium is going to happen between the 10th and 12th, if it happens at all. I mean, his comments have always kind of been up in the air. Now, like today, today is August 7th. Today is the day that... uh, All the patriots around the country are supposed to march on all the U.S. capitals in the country. Now, I'm doing this pretty early in the morning, so I don't know if that's actually going to happen, but my bet would be that it's not. These people aren't good with organization. 
They don't know what they're doing. And every time they have a date, they push it back to yet another date. So we'll see what happens today. And if something does happen, I'll show up here and on TikTok and we'll talk about that. But I'm going to find it hard to believe that they're going to pull that off. There's not been a lot of talk about it. And had there been, you would have seen the FBI, National Guard and such really kind of ramping up to see what's going to happen. We have seen a lot of backpedaling, though. People saying, oh, now it's September. When, when are these people going to realize that they're just being lied to? I mean, they've been pushing back dates since January 20th, the day Biden was inaugurated. Say, so, oh, wait till March 6th. Wait till this. Wait till that. They've never hit on anything they've predicted. And anything that has come to pass has been such an utter failure. I can't believe they keep trying. So today, we're supposed to see these marches on all the U.S. capitals. Trust me, if it does happen, well, then we're going to have uh, a lot of National Guard and FBI and those people out there handling these people. You won't see something like we saw on January 6th happen again. People will be ready for it, and there will be a little different reaction from law enforcement should something like that happen. And to be perfectly honest with you, if it gets as ugly as it did, it could be very ugly. It could be very ugly. Because if you got people coming with weapons, bats, flags, mace, bear spray, whatever, people doing the job they're supposed to be doing and assuming they have enough people to contend with the people coming toward any capital, they're going to fight back. And it's going to cause some lives amongst the white supremacist. I mean, I know I thought I think a lot of people thought that sh- that should have happened at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. Somebody should have started shooting. And that didn't really make any sense. And one of the uh, police officers said, look, if I start a firefight now with all these people, there's no way I can win. And there's no way I can do anything to protect the Capitol. So he held off on pulling his gun and shooting in spite of the fact that people in the crowd were saying, take his gun and shoot him with his gun. You won't see something like January 6th happen again. You can bet the government will be prepared for it. Donald Trump isn't president and will stand in the way of any kind of help being sent. Joe Biden will handle it differently. The generals, the National Guard, those people, they'll be ready for it. That was an embarrassment for those folks, and they aren't going to allow that to happen again. I promise you, there is just no way that's going to happen again. Now, of course, the big news is that on August 13th, Donald Trump's supposed to be back in the White House. Never mind that there is no legal way that can happen. It can just, it can't happen. Now, Mike Lindell will tell you, I'm going to get out this evidence, and it's going to be so obvious that the Supreme Court will make it so. They'll put Donald Trump back in office. No. Even if you did have absolute evidence, the fact of the matter is, is the election is certified. There's not much you can do. If there are some legal paths, go ahead. But that will take months and months and months. By the time you get to it, It'll be 2024, and it won't make a difference. 
So what Mike Lindell is suggesting just cannot happen under any circumstance, even if they found absolute proof that the election was stolen. But of course, we know it wasn't, so there will be no proof. We've seen no proof. And come the symposium with Mike Lindell, there'll be nothing there. He'll be embarrassed. My guess is he'll delay it because of some important reason. Uh, Unless he's more than happy to be embarrassed because... In other situations we've seen, he seems to have no problem embarrassing himself in front of reporters or or the public, for that matter. Got a lot of people trolling Mike Lindell out there. If you go online, you'll see a lot of people bugging him and trolling him. And it's kind of sad (laughs) because, you know, as I say, when I watch the guy, I kind of feel sorry for him. He's like that dumb guy that thinks he's smart and he has no clue that people are making fun of him. It's, it's just truly amazing to me. So I don't know what's going to happen today with the marches on the uh, capitals. None of them will be like what we saw in the U.S. Capitol on the 6th, if they happen at all. My guess is nothing much is going to happen. Now, August 13th, there's just no way he's going to be put back in office. It's not legally possible, constitutionally possible. It's just not going to happen no matter what these people say. So it's going to be a tough week for Mike Lindell. Chances are he's going to push things back to September or October. Look, we're eight, nine months into Joe Biden presidency. You still haven't accomplished anything. No evidence has been shown. It's appalling that you're still trying because the only reason you're still trying is so that you can grift money from your stupid followers. And the sad thing is these followers still pay Donald Trump money. He's supposed to have a war chest of $100 million. People will think, well, now he's now he's safe. Well, first of all, these kind of uh, donations shouldn't go to personal use, but he's going to have to to keep alive. He's going to have to to stay alive because he has no other income. All his businesses are losing money. His company has been indicted. Nobody wants to touch them. He's in the process of being destroyed financially. That's already happening. So he's going to have to continue to grift people. So up until 2024, he will continue to suggest that he's going to run for president. And these idiots will keep sending them money. I just have to wonder when they're going to realize, man, I keep sending you money, but I don't get anything in return. When is this going to stop? It'll be interesting to see how long it takes for these people to catch on. But uh, it's been eight, nine months, and they aren't catching on yet. <laughs> it's pretty interesting. All right, we'll, uh, we'll take a break, and then we'll talk about some COVID when we get back. Uh, we've got some really bad situations in Texas and Florida, and we have some even shittier governors. So we'll talk about that when we get back. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Well, it's been a little disconcerting lately. With this recent surge of COVID-19, or actually the Delta variant, which is easier to catch and more deadly. 
more dangerous. There's a lot of things about COVID you have to be concerned about. And granted, uh, most people who get the Delta variant or even COVID-19 don't die. You might get 2 or 3% of the people that die. But I've always said, look, man, if I've got a choice between 100% safety or 97% safety, I'm always going to take the 100%. Yeah, 2 or 3% isn't a big deal, but I'm not going to take any kind of risk um, for the lives of my family or even me. It's not a hard choice. It's really not a hard choice. And if people investigated what the vaccine is all about instead of listening to Fox News or some of these southern governors or the Donald Trump or the Republican Party, they would easily figure out that the common sense would be to take the vaccine. We're seeing this huge surge in COVID and the Delta variant. Florida has seen uh, an uptake in COVID cases by 200%. And Florida is up 98%. Here's the interesting thing. We've got tons of COVID cases all around the country. 30% of those COVID cases are in Florida and Texas. Those two states carry 30% of the COVID cases. And why? Well, they're largely anti-vaxxers, and you have governors not willing to do anything to protect their constituents. And it's showing. We've got huge numbers of COVID cases and huge numbers of people dying. You would think that would be a trigger for these governors to do something once he sees their constituents dying and uh, the families being destroyed by these deaths. But apparently it doesn't even cause them to flinch. It doesn't matter. They're willing to let people die. And what's ironic about it, these are the people that are fervently against abortion because it's killing another human being. But yet, when it comes to dealing with a pandemic, they're just fine with people dying. They don't give a shit. It's horrible. And, and you know, let's talk about kids. I'm hearing reports that in Texas, they're seeing more and more babies coming in with serious conditions with the Delta variant. I mean, I'm talking kids three and under. Remember when COVID first started and it didn't seem to be affecting kids? Well, it's affecting younger people now. They're seeing more and more younger kids in their teens. And now they're even seeing kids that are babies, three and under. The thing about people, I, I had an argument with somebody about this today. And um, I can't remember who I was talking about. But, but I was talking about how it's absolutely selfish that somebody would not get the COVID vaccine. And the person came back and said the things that Trumplicans would say. He has a, it's his body. It's his choice. He can do whatever he wants with his body. It's his right. Okay. To an extent, that's true. But here's what you have to understand. Your rights and the moment they infringe on someone else's rights. It's like the First Amendment. You can say whatever you want, but there are some consequences. You can do whatever you want, but if you start hurting other people, now you've got a problem. Now you're 
acting in a selfish, maybe even a criminal behavior. Remember back when we had AIDS. I'm not saying we don't have it now, but when it was a pandemic and it was really in the news a lot and it was affecting a lot of people. There were those people that were going around having sex while having AIDS and not telling anybody. Those people then would contract AIDS and die. Those people went to jail because they knew what they were doing. They were putting people in danger. And yes, they had rights, but the rights stopped the moment they infringed on somebody else's rights or injured somebody else. And this is exactly what's happening with COVID. And this is my biggest problem with COVID. Now, I'm vaccinated. If someone comes up to me, gives me COVID, I'm not going to get real sick. I'm not going to get hospitalized and I'm not going to die. So their their thought is that I should be fine with it. Big deal. What do you care? Well, here's where I do care. I do two grandkids. If I have COVID, don't realize I have COVID because I have no symptoms. I go see them. They can't be vaccinated and they catch COVID from me. I have a real problem with that. And you see what happened here. Yes, I was covered and you have your rights to do what you want and not get vaccinated. But you gave me COVID. I'm fine, but I give it to my grandkids and now they're in danger because of the bullshit you did. To me, that's criminal. If you knowingly interact with somebody and you have COVID with the intention of giving COVID or not caring whether you gave them COVID, that is a criminal act. And again, you have rights, but when they infringe on somebody else's rights or put somebody in danger, that's where those rights stop. So if you want to use that argument with me, good luck. But it isn't going to last long because you're wrong about this. Now, you would think when you had leaders in your political offices, these people would have your best interest in mind. They'd want to take care of you. Well, we learned with Donald Trump that wasn't the case. Donald Trump found out about COVID. We knew he knew it was serious because he told um, uh, a reporter just how much he knew about it and just how deadly it was, but still he did nothing. Now, we understand that maybe Jared Kushner suggested that this COVID would only affect the big cities, which were mostly liberal, and they thought it'd be fine if the liberals just died of COVID. They didn't care about it. But he did nothing about it. He threw out the plan. He threw out the people, the team that would handle it, and he just let it go. The reason we're in the middle of a pandemic right now and we're the last year and a half is because of Donald Trump's inaction. Donald Trump's inaction. Now, you would think other leaders would learn from this and know this. Well, Joe Biden, thankfully, as president, understands this, and he's doing everything he can to protect as many people as possible. But he has a stumbling block, and that is governors who don't give a shit, who are willing to lie and willing to risk the lives of their constituents just for their political ideology. And we've got two such people. We've got Ron DeSantis in Florida, and we've got uh, Greg Abbott in Texas. Now, remember, I told you, these two states are just teeming with the Delta variant and COVID. They have 30% of the cases in this country. These people are particularly egregious because 
they are unwilling to do anything that would help their constituents. Now, we know in both cases with Greg Abbott and uh, Ron DeSantis, they are big supporters of not allowing mask mandates. Their schools had planned to do mask mandates to keep the children safe. But in Ron DeSantis's case, he suggested, no, I'm going to do an executive order so you can't have those mask mandates. He's forcing those schools to not demand that kids protect themselves with masks. What's in it for him? Well, he's appealing to the base because all these people think masks are a joke or a hoax. So he wants their votes, so he'll do anything just to side with them and keep them in his pocket to vote for him, even if it risks the lives of children. That's the kind of piece of shit he is. Now, it's interesting. I, I got a uh, email from a listener. His name is Daniel. And uh, he suggested that maybe the governor, DeSantis, did this for financial reasons. And at first I thought, well, what do you mean by that? And then then he explained further that, uh, well, what's happening is Governor DeSantis and Abbott, for that matter, can force public schools not to mandate masks, but he can't do that to private schools. And in fact, when people are calling in upset, they are giving these people numbers to those private schools. Well, we know that the private schools aren't under the guise of the government. They're private companies. And our government is sending these kids to them. Now, when these kids go to them, they have to pay fees to go to this school. Now, it's not too far of a reach to imagine that this could be some ploy where these governors are saying, I'm going to send you a bunch of kids, you're going to get paid a lot of money, and you're going to support me financially somehow. The whole financial thing might be a possibility. I've not seen any evidence of that, uh, but it's not out of the realm of possibility when we're talking about Republicans. They will always choose money over the welfare of their constituents. But one of the other things I think this is about, it's about votes, and it's about protecting their position with Donald Trump's base. We keep hearing about how COVID was a hoax. The masks don't do anything. It's just the government trying to control you. The vaccines are bad for you. Now, here's the interesting thing. Somebody like Ron DeSantis or Greg Abbott in Texas, they've been vaccinated. Of course they have. But they're willing to side with the people who are against the vaccination for no other reason than to get their votes, get their support financially. And they'll do that at the peril of their constituents and their constituents' kids. That's how appalling these people are. Now, for all this time, they've backed all the things that the base have wanted to, to do and what they were against, and they find it hard to walk it back. Even if they see it's real and people are dying, they aren't willing to walk it back because they don't want to piss off the constituents that are the base for Donald Trump. See, that's the troubling thing about the Republicans. The biggest problem with the Republicans, they're afraid 
of their voters. They're afraid if they do something against Donald Trump or something that the base might want, that they won't vote for them. And you're probably saying to yourself, well, look, the base is really only about 30%. Granted, that would be a big hit if they lost them. But there's a lot of people out there that think normally. Well, the Republicans understand the position they're in. They're in danger. They're in danger of becoming extinct. The Republicans have long been known as the old white man's party. And the old white men are dying off. And so are the voters that will vote for Republicans. We're getting the millennials. We're getting more people of color. And these people aren't going to vote for Republicans. They see the writing on the wall. They see that they're probably going to be hard-pressed to get elected to anything. That's why they want to do the gerrymandering or or the uh, suppression of voters. The only way they can do it and get elected is to cheat. And they've said as much in public. If we don't do this, we can't win. Well, you're not given the right to win. You have to earn the win. You have to get the votes. Instead of doing what the Republicans are doing now, what they should be doing is resetting their political party, looking at what they stand for. And that's always been the trouble, troubling thing to find out what the Republicans stand for. They don't really stand for anything. The only thing they do is try to block Democrats. So Republicans do nothing. They try to block the Democrats so nothing gets done. The Republican Party is pretty much done. They've been destroyed by Donald Trump and those people that follow them. But they're still trying to grasp at anything to maintain some power. But it's slipping away. So this is why somebody like Ron DeSantis or Greg Abbott continue to suck up to the base, Donald Trump's base. Because they're seeing these are solid voters and we need every voter we can. And in addition, cheat to try to win elections. So they're scared. They're nervous. What they don't understand is that in the next couple of years, a lot of things are going to come out. There are people in Congress that may be expelled for their connection to the insurrection. Donald Trump will be exposed for what he is. Other people will be charged with many different things, and the Republican Party is going to take a huge hit. They're taking a calculated risk by sticking with Donald Trump and the Trumplican base. But when it's all said and done, it's not going to be a good choice because it will be clear and apparent that Donald Trump, his base, and the people around him have been criminal, have lied have risked the lives of their constituents. And they aren't going to have any luck getting elected to anything. This is their one last gasp, and it isn't even a good bet. You know, it's funny. um, There's been a little uh, fighting between Joe Biden and Ron DeSantis. Now, you have to understand, Florida is the leader of COVID cases in the country. No state has more COVID cases or Delta variant cases and deaths than Florida right now. Who the fuck would want to go to Florida? I'll give you a little homework. Go see what airfare to Orlando or Fort Myers or Miami is right at this point. 
airfare to those places is so fucking cheap, it's unbelievable. And why? Because nobody wants to go to that viral cesspool. Why would you walk into the worst place in America when it comes to a pandemic? Check out the airline uh, prices to those locations and uh, you'll see what, what I mean. If you want to take a quick trip that's cheap and easy, yeah, go down to Fort Myers. You might get it for 70 bucks round trip. But you don't want to go down there because it's a fucking mess, to be perfectly honest with you. But uh, because it's so bad down in Florida, Joe Biden made some comments about Florida and about how it was being handled. And uh, he said something like, if you're not going to help your people, at least get out of the way. And this annoyed Ron DeSantis, as you might imagine, the governor of Florida. (laughs) And Ron stood up and he was angry and he says to Biden, look, until you get your problems down on the border fixed, I don't want to hear a blip out of you about COVID-19 and the Delta variant. (laughs) You're in a state, you're running a state that's the absolute worst in the country. Joe Biden wants to give you some help, and you smack him on the nose with a newspaper like a puppy. How do you think that's going to work for you? See, the thing is, Joe Biden's a pretty compassionate guy. He's always going to help him because he doesn't look at it as, as Ron DeSantis. He looks at it as American people who happen to live in Florida. So he's always going to be helpful. So this back and forth was going on. It was a little uh, adversarial. And somebody asked Joe Biden uh, about Ron DeSantis. (laughs) And Joe Biden jokingly said, I don't even know Ron DeSantis, which is probably true. They may never. Well, they have met. They did meet recently in a meeting in Florida where Biden was helping Florida. And and, uh, DeSantis was kissing his ring and thanking him for all the help. And now he's kicking his ass because... Biden is concerned about the people in Florida. But he said something negative in a joking way about Ron DeSantis. And Ron DeSantis snaps back and says, I'm not surprised he doesn't remember me. I wonder what other things he doesn't remember. So now he's going off on this thing that Donald Trump did, um, questioning Joe Biden's cognitive abilities. And I always find that funny. All you have to do is sit and watch Donald Trump talk. And this guy can't put together a full sentence. He can't say anything coherent to save his soul. Yet Joe Biden is the one that's supposed to be having mental problems. Joe Biden is a little slower than some presidents might be because he's old. He's 78 years old. But he's pretty clear about the things he says. And to suggest that he has some cognitive problems is absolutely ridiculous, certainly in comparison to Donald Trump. So now we've got Biden and we've got DeSantis going back and forth. we got Greg Abbott doing the same thing DeSantis is doing and not allowing schools to mandate masks. It's all about the big lie. It's all about this ridiculous Trumplican ideology over the safety of their own people in their own states. It's kind of frustrating. And you feel like something's got to be done. And people say that all the time. Why doesn't Biden just do this? Why doesn't Biden just do that? Well, the way it's set up, 
Biden as president can do things that affect the country federally. But it's much more difficult to Biden to have Biden walk into a state and say, get out of the way, we're going to do something. You can't really do that. The way it's set up, um, governors have the power over their state. The president has power over the federal issues. And DeSantis and Greb Abbott are quick to say that. And they're right. But here's my question. If you've got that attitude about a president as far as not being able to come in and take control in individual states, and that's true, that's part of the Constitution, then why do they feel they have the opportunity to go into school districts, which is another government organization, and demand that they do certain things? It's kind of contradictory, don't you think? If Biden can't come in and force you to do something, how come you can go down to a school district and force them to do something? It doesn't make sense, and it's overreaching. And they may get in trouble over something like that. These people are threatening to take away funding from schools if they have the audacity to ask kids to wear masks. That's criminal. I mean, these poor kids are being put at risk now of this pandemic. And now they want to take money away from them and limit their learning ability. Let's be perfectly honest. All last year when people were... Uh, Our kids were going to school remotely. My wife was a teacher. She went through this whole thing. Nobody learned shit. It took months to get used to even doing it. You had no control over the kids. The kids didn't do anything they didn't want to. They didn't learn shit. And one thing my wife said that was interesting, and I think it was a good point, because of that year being such a throwaway, every kid in the country should have gone back and started at the grade they were in the year before and redid it. Because if you didn't learn anything that year, that's going to leave a big hole in your education that's going to come and cause you problems later down the line when you get into high school or college or whatever. There's going to be a whole year you missed out everything. Now, I know there's some kids out there that did a good job, but there was a large percentage of kids that did not. And parents weren't helpful in this situation either. They didn't know how to do it. They didn't know how to handle it. They either had to work or they were struggling because they weren't working. The whole year was a mess. And to suggest that these kids learned anything is absolutely ridiculous. We're looking at a lot of problems with this COVID situation. And I'm concerned about it because many of us have done everything we were supposed to do. Yet we still might be forced into a situation where we have to wear masks again. Or there will be shutdowns. And now we have businesses having financial problems. People being put out of their jobs and struggling struggling financially. We haven't got over the last one. And now we may be headed into another. And see, this goes back to the thing I said earlier. You have rights not to wear a mask. You have rights not to get vaccinated. But the moment the things you are doing are infringing on mine or anybody else's rights, that's where your rights stop. They don't seem to understand that. And hopefully this is something we can get straightened out because we got to get through this COVID thing. Even though it's only affecting the unvaccinated and people saying, let them die, it's Republicans, it's Trumplicans. To be perfectly honest with you, I'm cold enough to say, okay, yeah, you want to do this, you deserve what you get. 
But the problem here is, again, we've got a bunch of kids that can't get the vaccine yet. They're innocent. And if this pandemic spreads far and wide, it could get to those kids. And we know in Texas, it is getting to those kids. And that's where your rights should end. If you're endangering kids, you got to do what you got to do. And I don't give a fuck what your rights are, because whatever you do, if you're endangering people or kids, you need to stop and comply to what you should do in order to protect yourself from this pandemic. Anyway, I'm going to get going. I hope you have a great weekend. I'll be back Monday at some point going out of town, going to Michigan with my wife and some other relatives. Uh, I don't know how much I'll be doing in terms of the podcast. I'll try to do some things with TikTok and uh, and uh, Clapper, but who knows? Who knows? I'm going to be on a trip. I'm going to be relaxing for a bit, and uh, I'll do what I can. But we'll come back with a podcast on Monday and see how things have shaken out at that point. You have a great weekend. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.